When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with Paul Hodawanik, and now known officially, officially official as professional Paul, no longer intern Paul. We dropped the title a while back when I started paying you real money, but uh, now it's like even more so, Paul, because you announced today that you have taken a job with WCCO Radio. And I am very proud of you, Paul. Congratulations. I am excited you're going to get started as a news reporter there at CCO, but you are not leaving Purple Insider. You're still going to do your draft column and you will continue to appear on the show regularly. But I am very happy for you, Paul. A well-earned new gig. Congratulations, sir. Well, thank you, Matt. And thank you for all your help. I don't think everyone realizes how much behind the scenes you've done to help me get ready for this. So I appreciate all your help and very excited to have even more time to talk Vikings. So very, very excited for it. Well, look, when you are a media mogul, such as yeah, myself, you have strings yes. you can pull and things like that. No, I, you, you have earned it. Uh, you got the title intern, Paul, not just because you were interning with me, but because you interned with everyone. You interned with TV stations and the newspapers and then uh, helped build Purple Insiders. So this was all of your work. And uh, I've just been happy to have you along board and I'm um, Really excited to see, uh, you know, kind of how you grow at WCCO Radio, which is cool because we have an agreement with them, too. Um, so, you know, I go on their station sometimes and do things like that. We've done live streams with them in the past. So uh, a great fit for you, Paul, to take the next step in your career. All right. Put your news reporter hat down, though, because we have yep. football to discuss. I want to start with a hypothetical. Let's say that the Vikings do a thing that I've been saying would be a bad idea which is that they give Kirk Cousins a void year or two to lower his cap hit for this season so they can try to win this year with Kirk Cousins, but they do not extend him. But they tell Kwesi Adafo-Mensa and Kevin O'Connell, sorry, guys, we really want to win now. I'm talking about the Wilfs. We want to win this year. We think we were close last year. You just need a few more players and a little bit of a sharper way of going about your offensive system. And Kirk can take us to the playoffs. You guys don't have to extend him. You can wait on that later, or maybe he doesn't want it. There are reports out there that he doesn't want to be extended, but you got to keep him for this year because there isn't a better option immediately available on the free agent market. And if we draft the guy, then that player will not be ready to make us competitive right now. That is your edict from me as ownership. Um, how do you think, Paul, that the Vikings would approach the offseason if that were the case, if they added void years, which means that he would become a free agent after this year, but it extends out the salary cap hit so they could lower it right now. It's 45. 
they could probably lower it to 30 or something like that to make it a little more manageable and then get on the plus side of the salary cap. How do you think they would approach the offseason if they were to do that? Well, if they do that, that signals that they are pretty pretty much going all in on next year, um, maybe the year after, probably just next year, which means I envision a lot of maybe deals in free agency like we got this year, one-year deals. Maybe you're bringing back some of the guys that you had on one-year deals. Patrick Peterson gets a nice little deal to come back or maybe for two years, and this year his cap hit is less to bring him back. Maybe you're bringing Anthony Barr back. You're, you're. I think you're kind of getting the band back together at that point with some of the veterans that Kevin O'Connell mentioned in his press conference, and you're you're making win now free agency short term moves. You're probably in that first round trying to find an immediate starter, not a guy that you're sitting for a year like a quarterback. You're not probably picking offensive linemen really up or like a guard up high. Maybe you are, but I, I unless you're picking the Iowa center right up top, you're probably just going for impact players. You're keeping Daniil Hunter. You're just running everything back. And then it looks a lot similar, very, very similar to what we've seen the Vikings do in these last couple of years when they were trying every year to kind of optimize for that year. And if that's the way they go with the, with the void options or the void contract years for Kirk Cousins, that's probably what they should do. Like it's flawed logic to put, them in that scenario. But if that's a scenario you're going to be in, you might as well just go all in and sign those one-year contracts, sign those veterans and really, really make your, um, you know, like 20 cents on the dollar Rams Super Bowl push, which is what I would feel like it is. It's, it's a discount version of that with the pieces that you have currently on the roster. But if they do void years, that's kind of what it's a signal of. And that's kind of what they would have to commit to at that point. Yeah, uh, Ben Gessling mentioned this in his article in the Star Tribune as a potential option. And it's been thrown out there because the buzz, so to speak, is that Cousins is going to want 40 plus million, which of course, like that's the going rate for top 15 NFL starters uh, who are getting long-term contracts. And there's no reason and no motivation for Cousins to, especially with a new group running things, to immediately sign on and say, oh yeah, this is where I want to be. I think if any of us were in Cousins' shoes, because we usually look at this from the team's perspective, but if any of us were in Cousins' shoes, why would we sign today and say, oh yeah, just give me the money. I'm good to go. I don't know what this situation is going to be like. I don't I know Kevin O'Connell, but I don't know what is it's going to be like to be uh, working under him as a head coach. If I'm on Kirk's side, I, I don't know what the market is going to be like for quarterbacks a year from now. There could be some serious desperation to get me twice the money or whatever it's going to be. And there's TV deals around the corner. What? Why am I signing right now? And so if the Vikings say, well, we're really not happy with the potential trade compensation. And if you're Quasi Adolfo Mensa, maybe you're saying, I don't have a better option of someone to sign than Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to keep him for a year. My question is, do you have to do the all in thing or could you just treat Cousins as your bridge quarterback? Now, I tend to think that there's better ways to do that that won't hurt your salary cap down the road because the those void years, I know I'm going to keep bringing this up, but Drew Brees is worth $10 million on the New Orleans Saints cap this year. This is two years after he retired <laughs> that he's still going to be worth $10 million dead cap. But if you're getting from ownership that you 
have to try to win with Kirk. Uh, you're just going to, to do that. And you're going to try to surround him with as much talent as you possibly can to make the playoffs and be competitive. But I think you can do it in a way where you don't actually destroy your long-term prospects and you do draft a quarterback in the first round. You take, let's just say, Kenny Pickett is your first round draft pick or Malik. Well, it was Kenny Pickett who came up on the wheel of quarterbacks the other day with Courtney. So let's just say you take Kenny Pickett in the second round, you get yourself, I don't know, a corner, an edge rusher or something like that. Third round, you get yourself another you know position that you need, a guard, whatever. And you go into free agency saying, let's try to patch holes, but let's not do anything that's going to hurt us long-term. Let's say we sign a couple of players to five-year deals who are 25 or 26 years old hitting free agency for the first time. I'll give you an example. Uh, DJ Reed is a corner from Seattle who is just not getting a lot of buzz because he's a corner from Seattle and their defense wasn't good, but his numbers are good. He's 26, sign him to a long-term contract. He comes in. He's not changing your fate necessarily. He'll help you compete but also be here long-term. Like there is a way to approach this that dances along the thin line in the middle that does not have to be move along from Kirk Cousins. I don't think this is the best option. I think the best option is getting draft capital back for Kirk Cousins because if you have these void years and then he just leaves in free agency, you will get a third round compensatory pick in the future and then be stuck with $10 million of dead cap for two years or something. Like how is yeah. this a better compensation than say a second round pick where you take some hurt on your cap dead cap from him this year, but then you're signing a, a bridge quarterback, drafting a quarterback, having a quarterback competition. And you're not sure, are we going to win six games? Are we going to win nine games? It really depends on how that goes. But there is a middle ground that does not have to destroy the entire Vikings universe for the future. I guess that's my point. Yeah. I think just when I hear that middle ground term, that gives me PTSD to the last two seasons when the Vikings have been trying to walk that line and we criticize them for, you know, walking a line that will only get them to 10 or 11 wins and puts a high floor on them for to not be bad enough to get a really good pick. So if they do that again, it signals to me they like they just want a year or two where they make the playoffs and lose again. If they're going to do the void years but then still not quite commit to the future, I think if you're in that flawed mindset of the void years, that's what we're going to do, then to me the way you back it up is you then truly go all in. You say the NFC is going to be really bad and we're just going to go for it. Because if we're just treating him as a bridge quarterback, I wouldn't give him the void year. Just let him play out his contract like he is doing. You can draft your quarterback. You can do everything you just did. And we know Cousins has a floor to him. And you kind of buy into Kevin O'Connell's offense, being able to get more out of Kirk in this final year, continued growth from Justin Jefferson, continued growth from the offensive line pieces. And you kind of take people around the margins and do that. So when I... When I hear that, it just feels too much like what we've already done. And the whole reason we just got rid of Spielman, got rid of Zimmer, was for a new direction. And so if they just end up in the same kind of wishy-washy state where they're trading a second-round pick for Yannick Ngakwe, and then they're trading him 
later on in, in the year when they're not getting rid of Riley Reef when they had no chance of making the playoffs really, but they're just not going to trade him for anything. And it's I it feels like then they kind of end up back in that cycle, which just doesn't feel like the most productive option. It feels like it discounts both your win now option and your win later option when I would rather they just fully commit to one. And if you're fully going to commit to one and you want to win right away, then just extend Kirk. If that's really how you feel, the void years feels like an in-between where you're trying to, again, tightrope a thin line that just takes so much luck and so many like really, really good draft picks and you hit on all the right free agents there's just so many things. There's such a slim margin for error, and it just feels like they'd fall off that tightrope, not because of anything other than that's just how it's going to go 90% of the time. And you have to believe that some of the players that you've drafted recently are going to step up into bigger roles because you're not going to be able to buy those spots more than just a couple. And we don't know. We don't know if Wyatt Davis suddenly becomes a good right guard or Chaz Surratt can take the position of Anthony Barr. There's a huge benefit in my mind of taking the pressure off to win in this first year to be able to learn and find out who can play that one of the failings of last year, if I had told you before the season, Hey, you're going to win eight games and you're going to miss the playoffs. Then you would have said, okay, well at least let me see who can play for the future. Let me see Amir Smith Marset play a lot. Let me see Kenny Wong Wu in the backfield. And we didn't see any of these people more or less. And we just don't know who's going to be a part of the future. That's something that I think they want to be able to find out here. And even about the next draft class, who can we throw into the deep end and have them work out? There's a benefit to that, to knowing who can play and who can't, which look, I I mean, I've always believed you can figure out a lot in practice, uh, but not everything. Like, I mean, for some of these guys, it's, you know, can they actually get out there and start to develop? You also don't develop just hanging around in practice. Like you're going to need time to get out on the field. And I think that there's talented players they have on the roster that could benefit from getting time to actually play and seeing what they could do. Smith Marset is one where you can see talent there and Ken A. Wong, where you could definitely see talent there. Can they play? Like, are, are there ways to use these guys? But this question actually, I, I think is a little more fundamental. If we agree that you're probably not a Super Bowl roster either way, no matter what you do, or at least you wouldn't be a favorite. You would need kind of a miracle for it to work. Are you interested in seeing what Kirk Cousins is like with someone not named Mike Zimmer? I think that's what this comes down to because there's no real other case for this. Even if a team said, okay, we're only going to give you the compensatory third round pick and you got to take a little cap space back, but we'll take Cousins off your hands. Now, I think he's worth more than that, but there's, there's value in getting that draft pick now and just moving on now and starting to find your next answer that it's really hard to justify another year, unless you have the curiosity to say, how good can Kirk cousins be if he doesn't have Mike Zimmer? Um, Is, is that, is that worth it? Is that worth trying to find out is my question for you, Paul. I don't know if it's worth, I mean, it's intriguing uh, just to see what he's like with an offensive head coach who's designing an offense completely around him. And we just saw the Rams do it with Stafford and capitalizing on what he did correctly. So it's, it really is intriguing. Um, but I'm not sure it really rises to that 
you know, is it, is it worth it? I think a lot of things can be interesting and we can kind of like the fun hypothetical of it. Um, but if you like, let's just say you don't sign him to an extension, you pl- let him play out this year. I guess you can have the option of seeing um, what, what you think of him, but then he's kind of in the open market. And then you're suddenly bidding against every desperate team that wants a quarterback and just saw, let's say Kirk played really well. Now you're bidding against every desperate team that wants him. Cause I'm not sure how it works if he can even be franchise tagged at this point. I don't think he can. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it rises to the point for me where I say it's worth it. If the rest of the roster was immediately ready to win right now, maybe it would be, maybe if we had some of those, if there were some of those younger guys that were stepping up, it would be worth seeing that. But it just feels like the rest of this roster is like two years, three years away from its like peak contention window. It still needs to retool a bit. And then you're just inhibiting that by Kirk Cousins' contract and how that's going. So I don't necessarily think it rises to me being worth it. For you, where where do you stand? Well, I think that when you look at what Kirk Cousins has done the last couple of years, telling me that it's going to be better than that is just a little bit of a hard sell. Now, I totally agree with a lot of the criticisms of Zimmer as it pertains to Kirk Cousins. But when you look at what he did in Washington, especially, I mean, you just even go 2015 through 2018 when he first arrives, his first year is a little rough. And the two, well, even how about this 2017 and 2018 compared to what he did in 2019, 20 and 21, you would not have guessed that he would have risen the level of his play getting to about 30 years old. And he did, and he played better, but now you're talking about a quarterback that's getting into his mid thirties. And you're telling me there's a ceiling there that has not been reached in seven seasons as Kirk cousins, at quarterback that's where it becomes hard to sell. I mean, if you had a baseball player who through their career was very good, let's say they hit like 280 with 25 home runs until they got into their thirties. And then you said, well, if we hire this hitting coach, then Paul Molitor comes in as Kirk Cousins hitting coach, he's going to hit 330 and he's going to hit 35 home runs. Again, I don't know what any other sport that you would try to sell that there's some magic ceiling once a player has reached a certain age. It is not unprecedented. Uh, I would say with Matthew Stafford, it's just, I mean, you, you could talk about the part of Matthew Stafford that is talent or that he had these huge seasons before. Like, wasn't there a year where he threw like 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards or everything like that? He had shown that before um, and, and he had won games before and he had gotten to the playoffs. It's just that, you know, his teams were not good enough to go farther, but that's Matt Stafford is still a mostly an outlier in the NFL and the NFL really history. And Stafford and and, I was just gonna say Stafford felt like he had some like talent that hadn't been tapped into yet. Like you could see flashes that weren't fully realized. It feels like Cousins is for most, mostly his flashes have been realized, like things have been capitalized to fit his, his skill set in a lot of ways. Maybe it was a little bit more conservative than you want, but in terms of physical talent, it feels like cousins has like maxed out what you thought he would have would have Stafford. There were still like these questions of, well, he's got all this arm talent that maybe they're just not using like that. There were all those like still upsides you could see with Stafford's game, which I'm not quite sure you feel with Kirk. You're just hoping gets marginally better. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The other part with Stafford is all you, all you needed with Stafford was for the home run hitter to have a hot month and for things to go his way. And they did in order to get to the Super Bowl, including with who they matched up against. If the Los Angeles Rams play the Buffalo Bills, I don't think they win. I think the Bills were probably the strongest team in the NFL this year, and they just didn't get there because Patrick Mahomes did some totally insane stuff. Uh, But this, I mean, even the same goes for uh, Kansas City. If Kansas City gets there, are we convinced that the Rams beat them? I don't know. They're path. I mean, they didn't have to go to green Bay in their path. Like all these things had to come together and Stafford played really well in the playoffs. He did not play really well the month leading up to the playoffs, but that's how, that's how hot and cold guys with big power work in baseball. And it goes this way for hot shooters in basketball. That's not really been Kirk cousins necessarily. Um, Kirk cousins has done the thing where he plays really well in October, but not so much in December, I guess, but it's not like he has this skill that you think, Oh, okay. If it just gets harnessed for a month, this rocket arm or this running ability or whatever else, like, and the Los Angeles Rams were graded as the number one team in the NFL by pro football focus this year. So the combined grades of all the players added up to be number one in the entire league. They had the best roster in the NFL. Can you build the best roster in the NFL I mean, there's a, the, so I was looking up some stats with this and uh, a vast difference between how much the Rams passed on early downs, first and second down between them and the Vikings. It was fifth most for the Rams, 16th for the Vikings. That's a lot of plays that maybe were wasted and things like this. I also found that they attacked the middle of the field with great success with Matt Stafford, where only 5% of Kirk Cousins passes were intermediate in the middle of the field. Now, I don't know if that's Kirk or if that's the offensive design, but that's a big difference. Like that's a lot of success that you can have attacking the middle of the field. There is an ability for Kevin O'Connell to get more from Kirk Cousins, but how much more and what that really means is the question. And I'm not that intrigued by it. I think Mm -hmm. like, yeah, uh, there's probably some edges to gain here. There might be a win to gain here. But if you get another win with a similar strength roster out of last year, you're still not in the playoffs. You need to get three wins to be even like a a legitimate playoff team. And to be where the Rams are, you need four wins. And, and, And remember, the Vikings won a completely senseless week 18 game. So it's really like five wins. Is there five wins worth of ceiling from what Kevin O'Connell can dial up for Kirk Cousins? That's where I think. No, of course not. I mean, there's not five wins here. There's maybe like one or two um, at the absolute most. If they give him another right guard who's more competent than Ole Udo, it's not five wins. This is one. And also, by the way, Justin Jefferson has been fully healthy the last two years. We saw what happened when Adam Thielen went down this year, how the offense faded, like, if Jefferson gets hurt, if somebody else gets hurt, if if a tackle gets hurt, Brian O'Neill. Like these things haven't really happened to them recently. 
I mean, then you're talking about like not even getting those wins if you're doing things in a better process. So um, I, I apologize for taking so much time to work my way through that. But like, I think it's a really interesting question is, are the Wilfs sitting here saying, Quasi, Kevin, we want to see one more year. We want to see what you can do with him. And if you guys can't win with him, move on. I think they would be making a mistake to do that. I think you either have to decide Kirk is your guy or decide that you're going to move on. Yeah. And a lot of the pieces that are going to be moving on, if he were to stay like on that $45 million uh, cap hit, a lot of those are going to be defensive um, players that are leaving. Your offense is pretty much intact. So even if he stayed on that, like, yes, you're going to be hindered. The offense is going to be hindered if the defense can't stop a soul, but you're going to have the offensive pieces, the requisite pieces to see what you would want to see out of Kirk if you feel like O'Connell could get the most out of him. So I still think with a depleted defensive roster, you could see what you want, what is what you could p- possibly want with Kirk and O'Connell to see him there. But my question to you is just like, we're hearing, you know, there, there's that report that Cousins might not even want the extension. Like he wants to go into this next year with his uh, contract or he wants to be traded or he wants like, what if you were Kirk Cousins right now, like, what are you thinking? Like, are you in this, like F this team, like what they're doing to me? Like, I want to move on. Or do you like, do you think there like would be credence to like him just wanting to move on? Cause everything we've ever heard is he loves Minnesota, which he could just be saying, but he's like, I, I am hard pressed to find a team that he would want like more than this team, unless he's like pushing his way to the Steelers or something like that. Like, I'm not sure how much I buy him. Like, I'm, I'm going to leave guys. Like, don't let me leave. Like I, that, that feels a little phony to me. I'm just wondering if you were in Kirk Cousins shoes, would you want to leave the Vikings? Well, I think for one, when he said he wants to be a Viking for his whole career, it's just, I don't think that anybody could believe him. Uh, I mean, based on the way that he is acted toward being a Minnesota Viking, that, that there's never been any ownership over the community or over the fan base or anything else. It's always been sort of CEO Kirk, doing what he does and then the season's over and he's gone and so forth. Uh, I thought of it the other day about someone reminded me of how, when cousin said something publicly that made him look bad when he said the, if I die, I die, he called the press conference that day. Um, so he could have spoken on all of this anytime he wanted to. There's just, it's just very clear that this is not something that's super important to him. I think what's important to him is making as much money as he can, which I'm not criticizing. If somebody puts the contract in front of you, then who are you not to sign it? Right. I just mean like there are some people who think that cousins should be like, no, I will not sign that contract. That is the largest guaranteed amount of money in the NFL history. Like, uh, you know, that's a pretty tough thing because I think a lot of us would put pen to paper if a team was willing to offer us that same type of money. But I think that cousins will go where they pay him to go. And that type of disposition is not something I'm going to say is wrong uh, because you only get so many years to make money and it's generational wealth. And I, you know, this, this can last the cousins family for many, many years. And he's doing something that is of the elite of the elite talent in the world in the most popular league. And guess who's not suffering the owners who are making way more money than Kirk cousins. So I'll, I'll never criticize him for that. But I also think that he's just shown since he's been here that that's what he's trying to get out of this. Um, And he's here to do what he's asked to do. And that's about it. 
So I think he'd play anywhere. I mean, I think that's, I think that's probably his main goal is how can I maximize what I'm going to earn in the future? If that's here, that's here. And if it's not, then it's not. And, um, I, you know, and, and, and when that's the case, again, you do you, that's fine. Most players are like that, by the way. It, when you'll see a guy signs in a place that really surprises you in the offseason, what? The guy signed in Jacksonville? What? Oh, they offered him more money than anywhere else. Well, we don't usually criticize that guy, so we can't apply that to Cousins. But if you are building something here that you want to have this solid foundation to go forward with, and you want the Josh Allen McDermott being like, that's your goal. You want the Burrow and Zach Taylor and do they have a GM or is it just their owner doing whatever? Uh, Cincinnati, it's a very strange situation, but you want that. Then why not just rip off the bandaid now is what I always keep coming back to because when I thought of the void years thing and when I saw Ben write it, I just, I kept thinking like, okay, is there, is there a case for this? Does this work in practice? Uh, if you're trying to say, well, all they have to do this off season is X, Y, Z. Is there more to find out here about cousins? I just, I can't make it all fit, Paul. I just can't make yeah. it work. And I think, well, it, it's for that reason that I don't really buy him kind of playing this like hardball. I think if the Vikings were to put the money in front of him, he'd sign here and he'd play here. I mean, and it has nice pieces around it. Like you have Justin Jefferson, you have an offensive minded head coach, you have a couple cornerstones you feel like on the offensive line. You still have Adam Thielen, you still have Dalvin Cook. So to me, I, I just don't really buy his like power move of like, I'm going to kind of change where the leverage is. Like, I don't feel like he has that leverage specifically. Like if he wants to get traded, there's no guarantee. He doesn't get traded to a bad team. Like he doesn't get traded to uh, the Panthers or some team that just organizationally has a lot of dysfunction. Like if he didn't sign with the Vikings, he was going to sign with the Jets. Like I can't imagine that would have gone very well for him um, with the Jets. I can't imagine they would be in the playoffs in a year with the way that franchise had just run in the past. And so for me, I think it's just been hard to kind of take him and that camp seriously in the like, well, yeah, we'd just rather get traded then if we're, if this is how we're going to go, it feels like the Vikings still hold all the leverage cards. If they want him to be their quarterback of the future, I don't feel like there's any reason to believe cousins would say, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to test free agency. It just doesn't feel like that's where we're at. And that's, I think that was kind of what I was getting at. I just don't quite buy the, the leverage play. You mean him saying, I'm not going to sign your extension. I'm just going to play this out. Yeah. I think he can totally do. I mean, he did once before, right? But I think, I I don't know. I think if they just throw that much money at him, if we really think he's just going to go where the money's going to go, it it just feels like if the Vikings were, I think the Vikings can come to that decision independent of what Kirk is saying right now. And then he's going to sign it if they decide to throw him that money. And if they don't, he'll go somewhere else but if the money's in front of him he's he feels like he's going to sign it so i just don't feel like they it it his what he says changes the leverage at all i see so you mean that if they came to him with this massive extension that was 40 million dollars a year he would probably stay that's what you mean yeah. um yeah i think that's possible the only thing is like kirk is mr bet on himself though and i guess i i'm not i i don't doubt his ability to line up perfectly with being the best available quarterback. Cause this year he's not, I mean, no. even there's probably people around the league who would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. There's, I mean, 
definitely Russell Wilson, definitely Aaron Rodgers. If those guys are actually on the move, uh, you know, so there are better options than Kirk Cousins for teams that are QB needy. Kyler Murray, if he is somehow on the on the market uh, next year, he might be the best free agent quarterback there is and be setting up for when that salary cap is going to take that big jump. And, you know, his side has played this pretty calculatedly throughout the year. So I think that I think he would run this to the end. Um, I, I guess we're going to find out if yeah. he decides to or not. I, I also think that still... I'm going to stay with this, that the Vikings are setting up to offer him a contract extension that's not good enough and for him to turn it down. And so then they can come out and say, well, you know, we had negotiations and Kirk just wanted to go a different direction. So not our fault. Sorry, guys. It was on him. He just wanted to go like teams like to play that sort of game. Uh let, let me ask you a, a completely, actually, did you have something that you wrote down? Cause I know that was a question that I wrote down to kind of do a little hot route style, but mm-hmm. we ended up talking about it for the majority of the show. Yes. So uh, what did you have written down that you want to talk about? Well, I, one was kind of how we think her husband's is feeling, but also just like, it feels like cousins is kind of that domino we're waiting for in terms of then how they move forward with roster building. I'm just wondering current Vikings for you, like how much, like which Vikings, like their situation hinges most on what cousin situation ends up being. I would say it's probably the people who aren't Vikings yet. Um, it's probably free agents and they're all going to meet at the, with all the agents and everything else at the combine. And I think you're not supposed to negotiate until the window opens, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. if something gets said at St. Elmo's over dinner, which <laughs> The credentials are locked in. All I have to wait on is jury duty and make sure that I'm out before Monday when I fly out to Indy. So um, got a cool thing also that's going to happen in Indy, assuming that I am done with jury duty and out there, but it should be fine. So uh, all of that is good for Purple Insider to be represented. So that would be very cool. But if you're a free agent and you're the agent of a free agent right now, you really don't know if you can call the Minnesota Vikings. Think about if you're uh, DJ Reed, the cornerback from Seattle, and you're his agent, you're trying to get a feel for, are you guys going to be in play here because you have no actual corners? My guy's kind of a perfect fit for you uh, based on his age, based on probably his price will be reasonable, but you'll have to pay some. And he could be a long-term option for you, which isn't always what you can get out of free agency. But are you guys calling or not? Uh, Everyone else you would say Daniil Hunter is the natural pick here, but I think that, I mean, everyone else is sort of independent for me that okay. if you keep Kirk cousins, you can still figure something out with Daniil Hunter. It probably means you have to extend him, uh, but it already meant that you have to extend him uh, because you don't want to take on the dead cap from trading him and so forth. Yeah. Still, I don't know. Like they can move money around if they want to. This is always the thing. They won't go over the cap and be kicked out of the NFL if they keep Kirk Cousins, right? They'll figure out a way to create the space. It's how much of that bill do you want to pay for it? Um, So I think it's how much they can add in terms of free agent talent. If they moved on from Cousins and got somebody else to pick up the 35 mil, like the Vikings are paying 10 mil dead cap 2022, no matter what. And so let's say they even take 10 more or something. And the other team is paying Kirk 25 mil on their cap. That's pretty fair. So you got still 25 more than you thought. Where are you spending it? Are you know, Part of it's got to be a bridge quarterback. 
a guard, corners, so forth. And then you can decide, are you going to create more with Daniel Hunter? Are you going to move anybody else? Are you going to restructure contracts and all those things? So I don't know if there's anybody who's on the current roster that I would change my opinion of where they're going to be next year. I think it's entirely, are you going to be able to spend on guys to be able to patch the holes of this roster um, or not? Because if you just keep cousins the way it is, or even void 10 million of it or something, there's not a whole lot of free agents that you're going to attract. It'll be very much like next year. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not that trivia question for you, Paul, do you know who got the biggest contract in terms of actual total cash from the Minnesota Vikings since Kirk Cousins signed in 2018 as an outside free agent? I don't mean re-signings. I mean, outside free agent. Would it be Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson? Would that have been You're close. You're fat. Okay. Um, you're in Michael the right Pierce. area. It's yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Pierce. Michael okay. Pierce is the guy from the outside. They spent the most cash on. If that doesn't tell you how restrictive a contract like that is, I, I don't know what, what does. Yeah. I, and I think part of my thinking in this question too, was like, does Anthony Barr's future hinge at all on what happens with Kirk cousins with the Vikings? Does a guy like Patrick Peterson does like, does the chance of him coming back go up or down based on whether they extend him, don't extend it, but keep him or get rid of him. It's, it's just some of those like defensive guys, along the margins, if it feels like any of those you feel like are directly tied in to what happens with Cousins. Because I think those that's maybe a question mark too, because if you keep Cousins, then maybe you're in that win-now mode. You're going after those guys to bring him back. Uh, if you keep him, but just on his contract number, you're probably not bringing any of them back. And if you're getting rid of them, what's the point of having Patrick Peterson and Anthony Barr on the team? I guess that's kind of what I'm juggling in my head is how they kind of are viewing some of those secondary pieces that were on the roster last year and how they view them you know, with this Kirk Cousins situation. I think those guys are people to be thinking about too. Yeah. I, I mean, even like the free agents that are guys who are going to be gone, Sheldon Richardson, Anthony Barr, like whether you could bring them back would depend probably on Cousins in some way, similar to every other free agent. Um, a lot of this stuff seems decided though. Like a lot of it seems like there won't be a whole lot of change in what we thought from did we really think that Adam Thielen was going to go? No, they'll restructure that. Do we really think Delvin Cook's going to go? Probably not. Kevin O'Connell has already talked about wanting to work with Delvin Cook. And he was working last year with uh, what Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. So not exactly Delvin Cook caliber running backs. Uh, you know, I, th I think that he probably wants every offensive weapon to stay. And the Hunter thing comes down to Hunter, his agent, and Kwesi Adafo Mensa and how they want to work that out. Um, but everybody else, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's really how much cash do you have to spend to improve the team is the thing that hinges on cousins. And even then I would want to slow play to make sure you have as much cap space as possible next year when you hit free agency, because you can be that team. If you got the rookie quarterback contract, all the cap space in the world, you get your cap solved. There was actually something I wanted to bring up. It was, a, it was a really great tweet. And I think that it was extremely right. And something that has been a bit of a misconception uh, amongst Vikings fans in recent years, because this is maybe the only fan base that knows who their cap guy is because <laughs> Rob Brzezinski has done so much for them. And this is not, and I want to make this clear that reading this tweet is not an insult to Rob Brzezinski, but rather the way that they have handled things in recent years. This is from Andrew Brandt, who used to be the cap guy for the Packers. He tweeted this, a note about managing the NFL salary cap. It doesn't take a cap guru 
or cap wizard to constantly restructure and push out cap charges to bring down the current cap. It takes a cap guru or cap wizard to not have to do that. Well said, Mr. Brandt. That is exactly right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that they want to, or should want to fix the cap and that should be their, their main idea. Uh, any other questions? Cause I have one, no, another one for go. you. Okay. I want you to tell me the five most interesting teams in the off season in the NFC, because Paul, we are fully off seasoned. Now I watched the HBCU legacy bowl, which was really good on NFL network. Just a total aside here. Stop scrolling Daniel Jeremiah's mock. Stop it. If I want Daniel Jeremiah's mock, which I do, I will go find it. NFL.com. Please stop scrolling it. Bucky's mock. This other guy's <laughs> mock. Paul Hodawanik's mock. Stop the scrolling. I'm trying to watch a football game. ESPN, same deal. I'm trying to watch. Get to stop the scroll. I know where to find stuff. That will be, that'll be my thing. I will go out in front of ESPN or NFL Network headquarters. Stop the scroll. <laughs> I think there's I think there's a feature on StreamYard that I can get stuff to scroll on the bottom. So I may have to Please. create my mock and just annoy you when we're doing these podcasts. Have my don't. have random stuff going just, just scrolling the bottom here. That would be amazing. Most interesting teams in the NFC, Paul. Yes. NFC or NFL? NFC. NFC. Okay. For me in the NFC, I mean, in your own division, I think the Packers are super, super interesting in what they do and if they can finagle bringing Rodgers back uh and then who you lose if Aaron Rodgers is gone like you're losing tons and tons of defensive pieces I think you probably are finding any way to keep him and Devonta Adams on the team and you're just saying whoever has to be a cap casualty with the rest of these guys is going to be a cap casualty uh but then I also think if they move on from him if they find a trade partner one they're going to get so many assets back that they then become a really, really interesting draft team in the NFL draft, who they decide to pick, where they decide to go with all that, and kind of what their offseason moves tell us about what they think of Jordan Love. Uh, if they're making lots of win-now moves and they feel like he can be their cheap quarterback who is ready to you know, be a Mac Jones level, a little bit better than that guy to where you're getting in the playoffs and you're seeing where it can go from there, I think – becomes really, really interesting. So either way, whether they keep him or not, that that in itself is really interesting. And then the different directions they would have to take, regardless of that decision, I think is really, really interesting to see kind of how that plays out. And Vikings fans should especially have interest in that because it really, really affects their division. So to me, the Packers have to be one of those top teams. I have some others, but uh, if you want to throw one or two out. Yeah, I think uh, Washington commanders is Correct. their name now. Can I just stick with football team? I think I like I'm going to do team. that. Football yeah. team was good. I don't really understand. Everyone got used to it and it mm -hmm. sort of sounded like old school, like way back in the day, they just called them the Washington football team. Like that. It was okay with that. And then commanders is just silly, but we all get used to it eventually. So commanders having an open quarterback position, a good roster and a decent head coach, they could contend with a quarterback, but what quarterback are they getting? 
Are they drafting someone and then kicking it down the road? They've kind of spent a lot now and built up their draft capital to where they could win. If you can get to be a 500 team, basically with Taylor Heineke, uh, I think that you're like not that bad of an overall roster and they could continue to improve. So they're really interesting for me because they should be in the run for everybody, everybody except for cousins. There's no way that Daniel Snyder trades for Kirk cousins, but everybody else, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, anybody and everybody should be on their list. That makes them very interesting for me. Uh, I also think that, uh, or what do you actually, you go, you go with another one. Okay. I think the bucks are super interesting. That's actually um, what I was going to pick next. Yep. Yeah. So they, they've only got 3 million in cap space right now, but we're already getting like weird Bruce Arians, Tom Brady rift reports and how that's going. And I think they're just going to be a really interesting team to see. I mean, their roster was built for this year, was built for next year to really capitalize on whatever Brady had left and hoping he was going to continue to come back. So I think what they do with quarterback is going to be one of the most interesting questions and topics that we have all season. Uh, Do they want a Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't really fit the system? Are they going to go all in for one of these other quarterbacks? Do they have the resources to even do that? Uh, It doesn't doesn't feel like they could like just – keep the status quo and like start Kyle Trask or like some other bridge quarterback. It feels like they need to make a move because they have the pieces around it to make another playoff run. Uh, They just were really, really hurt last year. Like they, like they, they were primed for another run if injuries didn't bite them. So what they decide to do at quarterback and if Brady comes back and then they are getting some sort of compensation for all that, just all that is super, super interesting to me and what the Bucks want to do, because that that division is wide open too. I mean, there's so many divisions that are wide open. That one may be even more wide open than the NFC North, just with the, the Saints and the Panthers and the Falcons. Like, none of those teams you have confidence in doing anything. So the Buccaneers should see this window and say, we can get a year of X quarterback. We should do it. And so what who X is is going to be super, super fun to see. I was debating of whether Carolina has even earned the right to be an interesting team. I'm not sure that they have. I think yeah. is you're in a situation where as long as you have Matt rule, you're probably just going to be bad, but they are one Deshaun Watson away from suddenly being really interesting and really good in, in a division that, like you said, is pretty weak. The New Orleans saints, you think your cap situation is bad. <laughs> 75 mil over the cap that they got to create space. And I remember last year, there were people who were like, oh, no, they can do all this stuff with the cap. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And they lost a lot of talent off that team. And then, of course, uh, their quarterback situation was pretty poor. The Saints, new coach there, how they're going to handle their quarterback situation, that becomes at the top of the list. I mean, that's what it ultimately is coming down to for all these conversations is like, who has the open quarterback situations and how quickly – could they be better? But I'll give you one that I'm going to bring up repeatedly throughout the offseason and maybe become annoying is Detroit and how Detroit can start spending some money and start rebuilding their team. Uh, Jared Goff is not like super expensive. It's not a rookie quarterback situation, but do they draft a quarterback to try to develop for the next year? And, you know, can can they make themselves a fairly competitive team down the stretch? They kind of were. So can they build up to carry that to next year and then surprise everybody and be that team that go, whoa, whoa, they're, you know, they're a 10 and seven team now, just last year, they were this bad. 
Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I would put them on my top five list. I would probably put Carolina, put the New Orleans Saints, put the Bucs. Uh, I'm going to say San Francisco also because they still have a great roster. They have a roster that could go win the Super Bowl next year, but they're going to put it all on Trey Lance. And how do they support him? Where do they trade Jimmy Garoppolo? All those things. Uh, there's a lot up in the air there. So uh, I, I was just, I have one more question for you before we wrap up. Yep. Um, unless you had another team that we didn't bring up that you wanted to mention. No, nothing, nothing specifically. I mean, the Cardinals are going to be super interesting with what they do with Kyler. And I think moving maybe just more into next season, I'm really interested to see weirdly what happens with the giants and what Mm. Brian Dable can get out of Daniel Jones. I think that's going to be a super interesting question. They put together a staff that people seem to marvel at in terms of the guys that they have the different position coaches. And so just seeing what can happen with the giants, but they don't really have any much cap space. They have like, I think they're $12 or not $12, $12 million. $12. 12, 12 that, that's an inhibitor. Dollars. Yeah. Uh, but they have <laughs> two picks in the top six or seven. So they're going to be an interesting team, just what they can do with those. So I, I would say that, but what's, what's your last question? And if they actually want to keep Daniel Jones or if yeah. they want to go after some of these other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson in New York has always kind of made me think, okay, so there's a thing that happens on the internet all the time. And I know you see it and I see it where some dude, it's always a dude, says that he could do something in pro sports, score X number of points, run for X number of yards, whatever. And there was a recent one where a guy said that if he played a full season on an NBA team without even trying to play defense, that at least one of those games in the NBA, he could score 20 points. Now, the answer is no, and a million times no. And just tell me you've never stood next to an NBA player without telling me you've never stood next to an NBA player. I don't think there's any way to explain to someone that guys that you think aren't that tall are really MF and tall. Like yeah. Anthony Edwards is six, four, six, five. He is enormous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have stood next to Carl Anthony towns. It's like another universe of people that are that big. And not only that, but they're, so much faster than you that you can't even like conceptualize how much faster. So every time you got the ball, you would just be blocked like pros versus Joe's tried to demonstrate this with former players. And Clyde Drexler was like 50 and he just blocked the guy every time. If you played a full season of division two basketball, you still wouldn't score 20 points in a single game. Probably not in the whole season. If you're just a regular person. So like, let's make that clear. But I thought of this with the USFL. Let's say the USFL accidentally drafted you, Paul. Mm. And they said, look, we're going to pay you. We pay our players $100,000. As long as you appear in one game for at least one series. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to earn that $100,000 without it completely embarrassing yourself or getting severely injured, is there anything on an NFL field that you could do if the USFL drafted you, and I know it's the USFL on a pro football field, those guys are still really good. PJ Walker played in the XFL, Tommy Maddox, all those things. So guys that are ginormous who played D one, who are, you know, uh, fighting for NFL careers. Is there anything you could do to survive those plays without completely embarrassing yourself or getting severely injured? I think I would have to be like, one of those like quarterbacks who on the wildcat like goes out to the side in the corner and just kind of stands there and watches the plays happen. So I think I'm like a, a a wide receiver who just runs and hopes that like I'm taking my man with me so we can run the ball to my side 
or like I'm like, I, th- I think I just am a wide receiver that I just run a route and hope I'm covered the whole time. So I'm not thrown to, or I am like the wildcat quarterback in a wildcat um, game to where I'm just kind of standing off to the side. The defense knows that I'm not a threat and they're going to treat, treat me as such. Um, but I think that's become normalized enough that then I'm not, I don't look like a total embarrassment standing out there because we're used to Tanner Morgan standing out to the side, uh, watching gopher games and him just not doing anything. Cause the, the green line or whatever is just going to run through and you just know that they're going to run straight. So Tanner Morgan just has to stand there and someone like kind of has to walk out to him partially just in the event that they do some weird trick play. I think that's what I do. Um, and even then I'm five, eight, so I'm looking tiny there and I'm just not, I'm not doing great things. So that, that had to be my only thing. There have been five, eight NFL players before. So maybe you wouldn't look insanely out of place. There was the famous play with Mark Sanchez, where he lined up out a wide receiver for a wildcat play and the cornerback sort of faked, I'm going to hit you. And Sanchez like went down and the, that did him embarrass him actually. So yeah. that's not an option for you, but that's a good, that's a good choice. I was thinking that maybe you could pull a series where you're in at quarterback in the shotgun and you hand off three times mm. shotgun. Maybe it's even a pitch, like get the ball away from, from me. I'm, uh, I'm not going to get killed. If you had to earn the hundred thousand by completing a pass, I might be able to do the pop pass where the quarterback catches it and then just goes whoop to the you know wide receiver who's running in motion. That is possible. Actually trying to run with the ball is immediate. You're injured severely mm-hmm. uh, trying to block anyone. That would be another one where let's say you were in it running back and it's a pass play out of the shotgun. You know, you could just like, chip a guy but not really hit him like kind of just i'm gonna go over here and make it look like i'm doing something to this big defensive end but i'm not really uh the problem there is of course is if he quickly breaks out of his block and then just steamrolls you once again you are severely injured but it's always like a a gunner i'm just running straight down the field and hoping he runs to the other side i don't know no you're getting knocked down that dude's that dude's that dude's running you over i mean think (laughs) about this that I mean, USFL players are going to be really good, but the NFL dudes, the smallest guys on the field. Remember when Cam Dantzler, we were like, I don't know, he's only 190 pounds. Like think about like 6'1", 190 pounds and completely muscle is still like really jacked. That's a big guy. Like that's not a regular person. Uh, So if you were trying to do the gunner thing, that corner who you think on TV looks pretty small Oh, he's just throwing you to the ground like a rag doll. Yeah. That's no, you're no probably question. right. Yeah. Just, just fun exercise. I'm going to read you the names of what we, what some sites have compiled as the top 10 USFL quarterback potential options. Oh boy. And, and I just want you to tell me if you know them, if you've okay. heard of them. Yep. Uh, right. Chase Litton. Mm, Cincinnati. He was with the Chiefs and the Jaguars, it looks like. Oh, I meant yeah, um, Cincinnati University. Was that where he's from? Oh, Marshall. Oh, Marshall. Marshall. Okay, I just took a guess. Uh, David Moore. No, I can't say I even have a guess. Played at Central Michigan. Uh, Ben Holmes. Ben Holmes sounds mildly familiar. Is that another Mac conference guy? I haven't even heard of the college that he went to. He went to Tarleton State. All right, well, I'm way off here. This just tells you that these guys are playing like these are the top picks and they're going to be so much better than any of us. And we've still never heard of them. And it's, yes. 
And it's probably why the USFL is just going to probably struggle again, because you're going to have Chase Litton as the number one quarterback drafted. And it's just hard to hard to get super excited about Chase Litton. Here's what they need. They need quarterbacks who only run four five or less. That I, I mean this, that quarterbacks who run four five or under, those guys could make the, a league exciting. You could run lots of wildcat. They're probably like shifty, good athletes. If it's someone like PJ Walker, they might have a strong arm if they're really athletic. Only really fast quarterbacks should play in these leagues because when the XFL ran Matt McGloin out there, it was not fun. It was not fun watching yeah. Matt McGloin. Like if it's a bunch of Sean Mannions, what is the point? No one wants to watch this. If it's all dudes with upside because they are fast at quarterback, or how about even this? How about remember uh, Antoine Randall L? What if you had somebody like Antoine Randall L who was not like an NFL top receiver prospect, but had played quarterback in college and thought I am an NFL quarterback. The league just doesn't believe me. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was this way. Tyrod Taylor was a sixth round draft pick. Clearly the league got it way wrong with Tyrod Taylor. Now he hasn't been a star, but if you can be a successful starter, even for a couple seasons as a sixth round pick, they missed on you big time. There has to be other Tyrod Taylors out there in the world. How about Trace McSorley? Like he runs like a four, five or four, four or something crazy. He'll never get a chance. But if you go to the USFL and you run the four, five, there you go. Then you have a chance to show everybody. I don't know. I'm more than just an athlete. I like that idea. Uh, carry on with some of the names. I mean, do I have to be oh. like, you have to be like deep draft Twitter to understand these, right? These are like yeah, UDFA I mean, quarterbacks. Yeah, Chase Litton was an XFL guy, two XFL oh. teams. He played for the Vipers and the Dragons. So mm, I don't know. He's been, he's been around the block. Uh, Montel Cozart. No, no. Sorry. Played at Kansas and Boise State. Uh, Kansas. AJ, doesn't Kansas yeah. win like zero games a year? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. AJ Bush. I recognize this one. Oh yeah, AJ Bush. Just because he he's the quarterback. He was a quarterback for Illinois for a while, and you know I had to cover. Don't some, they win also zero games a year? They also win no games. Where uh, DeAndre Johnson? Oh, seven footer for the Clippers. <laughs> I afraid I'm afraid he comes in at six two two oh five. So no, I'm not same. Um, this Anthony Gordon. Oh yeah. No, I know Anthony Gordon. There we yes. Go. Yes. I know Anthony Gordon. He played for uh Washington state. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. He was yes. what a UDFA and went to like Kansas city or something. Yeah. It looks like he was on the Broncos chiefs and Seahawks. This is terrible. Time. This is so yeah. terrible. This is just, just why, why, why do we keep doing the same thing over and over again and having it implode? What is the point to this? Why is this being done? Why is there not any creative option here? Like give, give the big three credit. If you've never heard of the big three, uh, it's this basketball league where they basically are an event league where they go city to city and they play like there's some former NBA players and it's fun to watch. Like Joe Johnson lit that league up. And, you know, it's like this three on three tournament with a bunch of old school guys. Like Charles Oakley was a coach on one of the teams Ice Cube runs it and performs at halftime. They make it into this big event and it's fun. And they don't try to make it into like playing in big stadiums and having full rosters. And ha Anthony, what the heck is the point of having Anthony Gore? Like this guy will never do anything. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why the same model keeps coming up over and over again. Yeah. 
we're just going to keep getting Ryan Mallets that are in there. Is really is, is Ryan Mallet in there? I don't. It doesn't appear he's been confirmed, but I wouldn't rule him out. You know, gunslinger man. You know, okay. just throwing the ball down down the field. Since this has gone on way longer than I uh, anticipated, <laughs> now I want to know, like, who? Let's say that let's say that the UFL and the NFL made a deal where you could take any team's backup quarterback and play them in the USFL for the summer, right? Which is what they should do. This is another better idea. Take the prospect quarterback off of a team. You don't even need the other players. Prospect quarterback. That's it. Quarterbacks don't get hurt that much. Prospect quarterback or backup. And you could draft the backups off teams. Like, who's your top pick? Just backups of NFL teams? Is that what you're saying? Sorry. You could draft any backup and put them on your USFL team. It would be great because then you can evaluate the other players. Like with Anthony Gordon... And what someone named DeAndre Jordan, these players aren't helping anybody else. If there's some great wide receiver, we're never going to know about him because the quarterback can't do enough to even highlight that player's talent. Yeah. I want like Mitch Trubisky on one of these teams, just running around, seeing if he can revive his career. I think that would be hilarious to watch. Um, Just, yeah. Uh, I I'm sorry. I was, I was looking through the running back candidates who are even worse. I've never heard of any of them. So it's just, it's how this goes. It's just repeated over and over again. Who would you want to see that's a backup? I mean, my obvious answer is Sean Hill, but he's not still playing because um, Sean Hill was amazing to watch play football. Uh, that's a good. Uh, let's see. I guess when you I wouldn't want to see Sloter, you wouldn't want to see Sloter in the <laughs> in the. <laughs> this is where he belongs, and I don't even <laughs> say that insultingly. I just mean like that's his talent level, and he should try to play in some of these leagues. Um, what about somebody like uh, how? How much do you think that Geno Smith would absolutely torch a league like this? I, I definitely, right? Geno right. Smith, yeah, sure. Geno Smith, who is this mediocre, probably wouldn't win half his games type of guy in the NFL, would slaughter leagues like this because he's just so much just like Mike Tom's acted back in the day. It would have to be either someone really old like Joe Flacco, or if we're being serious, uh somebody who's young and who just has never got a chance or might have some upside that's a backup quarterback in the league right now. Uh, Somebody might might have some, you know, just like PJ Walker is a good example of somebody who was a backup for Andrew Luck was never going to really get a chance. And then all of a sudden he did. So, you know, one of those guys, I don't know who those guys are in the league, but one of those guys. Yeah. Bottom line is you just have to make it some sort of spectacle. You have to give someone a reason to tune in. And maybe that is, it's a kind of a, more of a developmental league than it already is. You're kind of taking guys from the NFL that want to prove themselves or something like that, or you're just full on going entertainment. You're like getting like thirsty Brett Favre to come back and like throw, throw in <laughs> games and do something like that. You need, you need something other than what was his name? Chase Litton. It just can't, that can't continue. Oh, Josh Johnson is the right answer here. Cause Josh he's Johnson. played for every team in the world. Correct. So yes. anyway, well, uh, Dante Culpepper once was a Sacramento mountain lion and if anyone knows where to get a Dante Culpepper Sacramento Mountain Lions jersey, I want it. I just want it. I only have in my house, there are only two jerseys. Uh, it, it One is a Tim Couch that my parents bought me when the Browns came back. And the other one is a Kyle Orton, which a Bills fan gave to me when I left for Minnesota. So, too bad. I think a Dante Culpepper, uh, 
like that, I think that perfectly into the vibes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, uh, thanks for all your time, Paul here. We had some fun on a Sunday evening with no football to break down, but there will be things that are happening very, very soon with this team. I guarantee it. So, uh, back to jury duty. Oh, I got president's day off from jury duty. So I'll be back on Tuesday and we'll have another update of things that I can't really talk about yet. And, uh, once it's over though, I think I'm good. Like, I think that like, once it's decided, I can talk about the case and so. it's, uh, it's, it's, well, I don't know how to be able to talk about it. You'll yeah, have, things that's to all talk I can say. Yeah. This is kind of messed up, but anyway. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for your time, Paul. And uh, congratulations again to you. And Thank we you. will, uh, Oh, check out. Oh, by the way, I am sorry. We, there's no one listening at this point. And if you no. are, Oh my gosh, thank you. Purpleinsider.com has been revamped. I'll mention this again tomorrow because we're all the way at the end here. But purpleinsider.com is new and fresh and amazing. So make sure you check that out if you're still listening. All right. We'll see you later.